The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. Moms should get more credit. Back when I became a mom, I realized people thought my former career in TV news was more important than my motherhood. But that's backward because moms are raising that next generation and the world depends on us to do it well. So moms, this is your time to sit back, relax, and let Channel Mom cheer you on and equip you in your job as a mom because you're doing some of the most important work on the planet. Channel Mom, we encourage moms. Now, here's your host, Jenny Dean Schmidt. Oh my goodness, here I am. Thank you for being here as well. It's nice to have somebody listening, right? Hey, welcome to Channel Mom. I am Jenny. This is Channel Mom, where we do encourage moms. We focus on your amazing value as a mother in this world. Even when you feel forgotten or unimportant or overlooked, you are important. So we're tackling a huge issue today. The future of our kids, our families, our nation are all linked to this, at least in part. Uh, You know, here's the question that's tied to it. Are you concerned that your child might be addicted to their phone or to social media, or maybe they're addicted to the digital world in general? Maybe you'd like to help rescue them from that addiction. Today on the show, we have an expert on detoxing kids from their digital devices. He's Michael Jacobus. Oh my goodness, he's going to share the dangers of phone and internet addiction, plus eight signs that your teen is at risk for this kind of addiction, and how to break it, coming up on Channel Mom. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom, whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison. On the radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at channelmom.org. The abortion rate continues to increase in Colorado, but there is still hope. For 40 years, the compassionate care team at Alternatives Pregnancy Center has come alongside teens and adults who feel like abortion is their only choice. Alternatives lets them know they're not alone. Through advocacy, resources, and mentoring, Alternatives Pregnancy Center moves people from a place of suffering to thriving. You can be part of the solution by giving just $10 to provide life-saving medical and counseling services. Give today at youhavealternatives.org slash donate. Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Oh, man, I really do think this is a very important show today. Um, And I I don't say that from a holier-than-thou judgy place. I just think, like, we all need to hear this message today. Every single one of us. The future of a lot of stuff depends on this message. I really believe it. So I do want to welcome our friends from around the country. Thanks so much for tuning in from Salem, Oregon, all the way to New Jersey. We're grateful to have you on board. Also, our longtime listeners here in Colorado and Colorado Springs and Denver, So glad uh, that we have you. And also our podcast listeners, our podcast is growing. We're grateful for that. We hope it's because this show helps you and we hope you'll share it. Remember to share with your friends and other moms and people that you think could benefit from the messages that we spread. Um, you know, I, I just hope it's a blessing to you. And we're on, you know, most podcast platforms. So you can find us Spotify, Audible, Apple, Google Podcasts, et cetera. Is Audible still Audible? Michael's having a quandary. I don't want to show you there. Uh, and also check out our friends at youhavealternatives.org. They have such a gentle, loving 
approach to the issue of abortion, such a tough, you know, what is it? It's a tough issue. And, and they do a marvelous job in the way in which they approach folks. So please check them out. And finally, thanks, producer Gmo in the house today. Yeah, Jim is away. His son is in the state wrestling tournament. So welcome, Gmo. So glad to have you on board with us. And finally, remember to go to channelmom.org. We're in need of volunteers both to help us distribute our compassion fund to single moms who are in need and also to help us with our prison program. Uh, if you're in another state uh, or if you're south in Colorado, we're looking for volunteers to help us go into other prisons to help mothers in prison reconnect with healthy parenting values, uh, reconnect with their children, and first and foremost, to reconnect to God. Um, it's a Christian-based program. So we would love to have you check it out at channelmom.org. You can also email us at info at channelmom.org, info at channelmom.org if you want to know more. Okay. I want to get to the guest. He is Michael Jacobus. He's globally recognized as an expert in child development and outdoor education. And what I find really interesting is that he specializes in detoxing kids from digital devices. He founded Reset Summer Camp, which offers an immersive clinical program on a university campus combining a fun-filled summer camp atmosphere with therapy sessions to help participants detox from screen addiction and develop self-regulation skills. He's a passionate advocate for a healthier, more balanced future for our children. So am I. That's half the reason I do this show. It's for, it's for moms and for the sake of the future of children. So welcome to Channel Mom, Michael. Thanks, Jenny. It's good to be here. Good. I'm so glad. All right. So we're going we're gonna to kind of lay the groundwork really quick, Michael, till we get, you know, then we'll get into your expertise and, and some of the advice you have and some of the signs you have that children might be addicted and, you know, what their kids or what the parents can do about it. Uh, it. It really has been called a mental health crisis for our kids. It's the use of an addiction to smartphones, social media, the Internet, and so on. It's literally life-threatening. That's not an exaggeration. So I thought we would take a couple of show setup sound bites. Let's start with this first one from the Today Show. 67% of children are saying that they hide information from their parents online and in social media. Parents are trying to swim upstream. Social media makes them feel worse about their body image. Kids who use more than three hours of social media a day face double the risk of depression and anxiety symptoms. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. And then, and then suicide is connected to it as well. So then I went and I found this other little piece. Um, don't be put <laughs> alarmed by the British accent in the background, but, but this guy is explaining also what internet, internet addiction disorder is. Go ahead, Michael. It's a familiar sight in households around the world. Children being entertained and placated by technology. But this is also familiar. Monumental meltdowns when the devices are taken away. They're reactions that are in fact symptoms of one of the major medical challenges of our time. What's being called internet addiction disorder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I worry about my own kids. And my kids are in their 20s, and I, and I worry about it. We didn't give them phones till they were 15, but it didn't matter. They're, you know, they're, they're still attached to their phones. And so, Michael, you are here to help us. And I know that you have an interest in breaking the cycle of addiction, screen addiction, um, to give kids and young adults a brighter future. So just tell us where you come from and, and how those news stories resonate with the research you've done. 
Well, I, I come from the summer camp background. Uh, I went to summer camp as a kid and then grew up going to summer camp, became a junior counselor, and then finally a counselor and eventually a camp director. And I've been doing that for about 35 years. Uh-huh. Uh, when my oldest son, who's now 31, when he was a teenager, he became addicted to a video game called World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And uh, his mother and I, we would have just daily arguments. It was a white knuckle battle every day to even get him through high school. And there was no such program or anything to send him to. Yeah. And then in uh, 2018, when every kid in the world seemed to be addicted to Fortnite and the World Health Organization declared gaming disorder as a diagnosable thing, I got together with a clinician I knew in Los Angeles and started Reset Summer Camp, which is specifically focused on digital detox and life skills for teens. So when they graduate high school and leave home, they actually have some interpersonal skills and some self-regulating skills that they're not completely dependent on their devices and they are set up for a successful adulthood. Okay. So for the mom listening or or the dad listening or the child listening today, and they think, ah, you know, so they scroll a couple hours a day, you know, so they, you know, they, they post stuff or they do Insta or they do um, Snapchat or whatever it is. But is it really, you know, is it going to hurt them? Like, what do you have to say based on the reports that we just heard, based on what you know, when you, when you do your reset summer camps, based on what you saw in your son, what does the research tell you is it does, you know, Internet digital addiction does to our children, especially when it goes unchecked by the parent. Well, that's that's the key right there is the unchecked part, because, you know, nobody who comes to our program will ever hear one of my staff say never to be on social media again, never to play a video game again, because that's just not the reality of the world we live in. Right. But we are trying to get a healthy balance in the lives of these people, uh, kids and parents to have you know, good sleep, good nutrition, uh, focused time at school, good outdoor activity time, and some online time. It just can't be 20 hours a day because that will not lead to success. Yeah. You're very good at sound bites, Michael. You just you keep it right in there between 30 seconds and 60 seconds. You do a nice job. Oh. Um, I'm sometimes <laughs> having to cut people off. Uh, okay, so I come at this from a very personal perspective. Um, I've already shared this a little bit with you, but my husband went through a school shooting in 2006 and it was at Platte Canyon school in, in the mountains here in Colorado. And he, at the time was doing, um, some, some, what, what is his name? Lieutenant Tur- Colonel Dave Grossman was doing research on violent video games and their connections to shootings and stuff like that. We can't use the word causation, but there is a correlation between the usage of violent video games and people going to pick up a gun and shooting people at a school or or a public environment. And I think that literally means that, that digital addiction, gaming addiction, phone addiction, internet addiction can lead to death, not only suicides, which we've already laid out in the research, but, but potentially there's a correlation between violent video games and school shootings. So I say, this is life threatening. We have to take it on. So I know you have four steps for parenting in the digital age. When you consider the fact that it's life threatening and you want to help parents parent through this to, to avoid the threat to life, what are your your four parenting principles or four steps to parenting in the digital age? Well, the the very first thing I talk to parents and our campers about, and I say this every single day, 
is sleep. Mm. You know, it doesn't even address the digital addiction. It addresses the lack of sleep in today's uh, population. And that goes for parents and kids um, because there's so much increased depression and so much increased anxiety, not to mention other diagnosable issues like ADD or Asperger's, things like that. And being online, and having your brain functioning late at night and then having to get up and go to school, you know, at seven in the morning is not conducive to any sort of success. Mm -hmm. So sleep is the number one thing I talk about. Yeah. How do that, how do they enforce that? Let's say their kid's 16 and they're 17 and says, I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> well, I get that question all the time. And in my head, I always say to myself, you be the parent. Yeah. But when I talk to the parents, I tell them, you need to have like a family dinner, which you should be having anyway, yeah. on a Wednesday, say, and start by apologizing to your entire family. I did not realize how important sleep deprivation is to all of our success, not just the kids' success. Mm. And starting on Sunday, so you give them a few days warning, we're going to turn off our devices at 9 p.m., let the melatonin naturally affect our brains and be ready for sleep at 10 p.m. Yeah. And then we'll get up at 6 a.m. And that's eight hours of sleep. Yeah. And that doesn't even address what anyone is doing online, be it video games or social media. It's just about addressing sleep. Yeah. So start with that. Start with sleep. Um, I, I, exactly. did, I did also promise, and, and then we'll get a little bit more into some, I love your solutions, Michael. And, 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 and I'm curious also about what you do in the detox. So I want to get to that as well. But uh, we, we pitched the fact that you can give a parent eight signs that their teen is at risk for technology addiction. Now, let me ask you, does this also apply to 10-year-olds or 7-year-olds? I mean, does it kind of across the board for kids, how you tell if they're addicted to technology? Yeah, and it's funny because anytime a parent asks me, you know, how do I know, I, I, it's usually they already know. Oh. Um, because, the, you know, if you have to ask if your kid is addicted or having issues, then chances are they already are. Yeah. And one thing we talk to parents about all the time is parents need to be on the same page. You know, if there are, is a two parent household, you know, typically mom thinks there's a real big problem and dad doesn't think it's that big a deal. <laughs> if one of you think it's a big deal, it's a big deal. Yeah. So the parents need to get on the same page to address this issue and they need to be actively engaged. It's not a fix my kid problem. It's a fix the family dynamic problem. Yeah. Okay. So the parents need to be on the same page. But but what can you give me a couple signs that a child is addicted to technology? Oh, absolutely. Um, the first one is obviously sleep. If they're sleep deprived, they're staying up till two in the morning, three in the morning. They're you know not ready to go to school when it's time to go to school. If yeah. they're neglecting their own personal needs, be it hygiene or not eating or not eating properly. Uh, if they're binging, you know, when we were kids, you had to wait next week for the next episode of whatever your TV show was. Now you can just binge the whole season. Yeah. Uh, if they have shame and anger uh, related to their technology use, if they cut you off anytime you even ask about it, uh, if they're lying or keeping secrets, um, if they have their headphones on all the time, one thing we recommend is to lose the headphones yeah. so that everybody can hear the gunfire and the negative language in the chat boxes. Yeah. Uh, we also recommend removing technology from the bedroom, put it in a family central location like the kitchen table or the dining room table. Yeah. So it isn't a reclusive hidden activity. That's so good, Michael. A couple of quick things I want to say. Um, 
first of all, when my son was younger, we did not let him play violent video games in our house. But we knew that when he would go to other people's houses, he would sometimes play. And we had a rule. I don't know if they abided by it, but he would call us and say they were abiding by it. We made them turn off the blood and the, the like screaming sounds and stuff in, on those violent video games. So they couldn't hear it and be stimulated by that. And they couldn't see the blood. So that was one thing we did. I don't know if you would approve of that or not. Do you approve of that or not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and then secondly, I was on a walk the other day near a college campus, and I like, <laughs> I wanted to grab the the nineteen to twenty two year olds I was walking by and shake them and say, "Say hello to me," because I would walk right by them on a sidewalk, and they would have their headphones in or they wouldn't have their headphones in, but they would make sure that they did not make eye contact with me. They would look the other way. They wouldn't engage me. They wouldn't say hello to me, and and I. I, I would purposely look at them as I was coming at them. I didn't want to like get up on their face and say, hello, hello, hello. But, but they, they, none of them would say hi to me. And, and I thought yeah. that was so bizarre. Is that part of what's going on with our social media? Yeah. Or, is it? Yeah, that, that is a huge issue. All, all the kids who come to our program have almost zero in-person, real-world social skills. Really? All they know how to do is text and abbreviate and use emojis. And if they actually have to have a in-person conversation with somebody, it's horrible. So that's one of the things we work on in camp is to get them ready for a job interview, ready for a college interview. Uh, we talk about even, we even talk about dating and how they use, you know, Facetune and other software to change their features, make their eyes bigger, make their teeth brighter. And all they're doing is creating a fake persona uh, to meet somebody who's probably also creating a fake persona. So what are you going to do when you actually meet in person? Oh, that's so good. So good. You know, my husband's a, a school superintendent and also the principal. It's a small school district. And he says he notices that in the hallways is that kids have a really hard time engaging with adults, especially, but also with other kids and that there's just no interaction there. I kind of wonder about the marriage rate. You know, the marriage rate is way, way down. It's dropped something like 60% since the 1970s. And I think it's part of it is that dating is too tedious for this generation because <laughs> they might have to look at each other. And I guess they could text each other over the dinner table. But I, I, I just wonder if this is just wrecking our relationships, our workplaces. I mean, do you think I'm exaggerating? No, not at all. It's it's absolute fact that the marriage rates are dropping and kids today don't see the value of an in-person relationship when you can just text somebody. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, Michael. I, 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 <laughs> I wish I'd found you before. This is a wealth of information. All right. So so I really am curious if, if a mom or dad is listening today and they think, well, my kid needs to be detoxed and, and maybe I can send him to the camp. Maybe I can't. It is, by the way, I think hosted on a Christian campus, although you're, you're secular in your approach. It's hosted on a Christian campus. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, which is which is cool. Um, wh- what do you do to detox these kids when they come to your reset summer camps? Well, the funny thing is no kid who comes to my program wants to be there. Oh. You know, it's much different from my traditional summer camp experience where I'm signing kids up for next year before they leave this year. Yeah. Um, in this program, every kid feels punished. They hate their parents for sending them here. They hate us for being the staff that's there. And it actually creates kind of this tribal us against them thing because all of them have horrible social skills. None of them are excited to be there. Uh, but we're, like you said, hosted on a university campus. They're in dorms. They have a roommate. They have room responsibilities. We have a very strict sleeping and eating nutrition schedule. So, you know, and I tell my staff, the first week is going to be really rough. 
because these kids are used to being up till two in the morning, drinking Gatorade, eating Doritos, just just crappy all around setup. Yeah, right. So by by the time they come to us, you know, they're not engaged. They're looking at their feet. They're not communicating. And we just, you know, we tell them, like I said, nobody here is ever going to tell you not to be on a video game, not to play, be on social media. This is learn how to get what you want in life camp. And 20 hours a day of YouTube is not going to get you there. Yeah. And then we and then we start. And every week is pretty much the same. We do three mornings of group therapy, rotating with a life skill class, usually culinary. And then individual therapy happens more organically. It happens every day, but not with every kid every day. Um, for example, my therapist has a therapy dog. And that dog must go on a dozen walks a day with a dozen different kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the, the therapy happens when it's available, when the kid is ready to talk. So it can happen on the way to lunch. It can happen when we're sitting at the beach. It, it just happens. It doesn't, it's not a scheduled kind of therapeutic invention. And then uh, we close the, the program with a family workshop weekend. So we require parents to show up on Friday, stay till Sunday participate in some camp activities with their child and a group therapy session. And then we follow up for eight weeks after the camper goes home to make sure they stay the course. Yeah. How do the kids feel about you and their parents by the end of the camp? It's so funny. By the end of the camp, they don't want to leave. They've made new friends in, in the real world and they have commonalities and, 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 you know, they've established these new relationships and they're really, they, they, they end up with a big group hug and, the, and they don't want to go home. The, the actual challenge is working with the parents. Interesting. Because I'll have, I'll have parents say, you know, is your program guaranteed? And I always laugh and I'll say, absolutely not. I, I can guarantee to detox your kid because they're going to be with me for a month without their devices. That's the easy part. The hard part is I'm going to send them home afterwards to where the problem originated. So if you don't change your relationship with technology, if you don't change the home environment, if you don't recognize this as a family dynamic issue, not a fix my kid issue, you're going to go back to the same problem. Yeah, that's interesting, Michael. I, I'll tell you what, I am so glad that that phones weren't the way they are now when I was raising my babies because I wasn't addicted. I wasn't always looking at it. It didn't interrupt my my ability, and I stayed home with my kids for a, a significant portion of time. I'm so grateful because I might have been tempted. Um, and I, I do think, I don't want to condemn anybody, but I do think people use it as a babysitter. Um, as, as the British guy said uh, in that news report, they use it to placate their children. It makes it easier on the parent, they think. But in the end, it doesn't because it doesn't set their child up for success. So last words, we've only got a, about a minute and a half left here. Uh, how is your son doing, one, you know, because I know you had this concern about him being addicted to a video game. And, and two, how does removing the digital addiction and, and taking that away, at least partially, set a child up for success. So how's your son doing and how do we how do we set our kids up for success by removing the digital stuff? Well, my son is doing fabulous. Thank you for asking. He's a successful adult now and he's uh, on his own. So that we're all happy with that. Yeah. I have two other kids who didn't become addicted, by the way. Oh good. So it's like it's like it's not it's not any one specific, you know, household or socioeconomic. It it just happens with the brain chemistry. And then in terms of taking digital uh devices away i don't recommend taking them away yeah yeah yeah. i hear you yeah i I recommend a healthy balance and starting it with sleep and good nutrition so getting the junk food out of the house yeah and and what you said is absolutely right every time i'm in a restaurant and i see a kid with a rubber iPad, i think future camper 
yeah. because we are placating our kids and not parenting them. Yeah. And every time I talk to a room full of parents, I'll say, do you want your kid living with you when they're 25? Nobody raises their hands. Yeah. And I say, you're on course for that right now, unless you make a change. Amen. You deserve applause. You deserve applause. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jacobus, we got to go. But how do people find you? Uh, Reset Summer Camp is the web address. My email and my cell phone number are on the front page. We've also created a do-at-home online course for parents if okay. summer's too far away or too too expensive where they can't make the travel. Um, so they can do it at home, and we will help them. Awesome. Uh, but the summer camp program is in July. Reset summer camps. You're fabulous. Thank you so much for being on Channel Mom. God bless you, Michael, for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. And I didn't even mention this, but but if you can effectively do this, I think it can also reduce the chances that your child will have a porn viewing problem. It's all linked. So, so God bless that man for what he does. Uh, this is the time in the show I thank you as a mama and, and dads out there too. Thank you for what you do to sacrifice, to love your children well, to train your children well. Listen to that man. He has such a message. I mean, it's resonating with me too. I am not perfect in the way in which I raise my kids when it comes to digital devices. So we all need to work on this to rescue our kids and set them up for a better future by God's grace. So I hope that that message was a help to you today. Um, do remember to check us out at channelmom.org. We, we can always use your prayers. We can always use your financial support, even $10 a month month, if you were to sign up to be a monthly donor, can can help us with what we do to help moms all over the place with our messages and in prison and so on. How much time do we have left, Michael? We're Okay. All right. We're trying to wrap up here. Uh, thanks to my family for listening, my kiddos, Georgia and Otis, my husband, Michael. So grateful. Thank you, GMO, for doing this today. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to Channel Mom. If Channel Mom Radio and podcasts give your mom life a boost of encouragement, would you consider supporting us? In order to keep our broadcasts on the air and serve moms and kids on the ground, we need help from listeners like you. You can support us through a one-time donation or by signing up to be a monthly partner at an amount of your choice. Just go to channelmom.org and click donate at the top of the page. New monthly donors will receive a special gift package in the mail. While research shows moms are undervalued and families are struggling to stay together, Channel Mom works to lift up motherhood and add value to your family. We depend on donors like you to provide outreach to at-risk moms in prison and homeless shelters or dealing with single motherhood. Our life-changing programs are over capacity, so your donation will help us serve more moms and kids. Be a part of the change you want to see from others and families. Visit channelmom.org and click donate. We thank you for your generous support, and may God bless you for coming alongside Channel Mom.